0: Welcome, everybody, here to episode 49 of The Used Gamers. Uh, I'm Jared. I'm going to be your host tonight. And joining me are Mike and Chris. What's up, guys? Hello.
1: Wee. Howdy.
0: Excellent. So we got a lot of games to talk about. Um, that's our that's our usual thing. So we'll get right into it. So, uh, Mike, what have you been playing lately?
1: Uh, yeah. So um, I guess I, I, I wasn't there for uh, the last episode, so I, yeah. I got quite a bit to fill in on um of course I I finished up a playthrough of Tyranny which I'll be talking about in the review section I also started up a second playthrough cuz obviously I'm the spoiler alert the review is going to be that it's good uh <laughs> uh also I played through I finally picked up the DLC uh pack for um XCOM 2 uh so I, it was the Alien Hunters and the um Oh, uh, what's the... Uh, uh, oh, uh, Shen's Last Gift. So in that, it gives you a, a couple of... Mainly, it's just uh, new stuff for your squad. So you get uh, kind of new weapons. You get a new unit that you can use, which is a robotic unit. Um, but for the alien hunters, you actually get these uh, kind of hero aliens, if you will. They're these big overpowered uh, boss aliens. That uh, The really crazy thing about them is they randomly show up in missions. And they are ridiculously overpowered. They have tons of health, have amazing abilities. And on top of that, they have reaction abilities. So every time you make an action as one of your characters, uh, whether it's taking a shot, moving, they get an action to react to that. So uh, obviously they can wreak havoc on any kind of strategy you might have. So if you think to flank them, you'll go to flank them, but then they get a a reaction so they can move out of flanking or attack you. Uh, So it makes for a very interesting and very tricky uh, gameplay through that and just it, it adds a whole new aspect to it and kind of makes it kind of a new game so it's, it was really fun and the robotic units are kind of awesome if you played the original xcom with the expansion where you got the mech units they're very similar to that uh, so if you if you did those then you have an idea of what to expect but there's like i said some cool new weapons cool new armor that will hopefully kind of level the playing field when taking on some of these harder new bosses um And then I also got to play with the, uh, they released the new character for Overwatch, which was Doomfist, a very highly anticipated character. Unfortunately, he was not voiced by Terry Crews, as everyone was assuming was going to happen. Uh, That would (laughs) have been cool, but I do feel the voice actor kind of fits better with the design of the character. Uh, But he's a very interesting um, hero in that, uh, I say heroes, and that's what they call all the characters. He's actually uh, a villain in in the lore. But uh, he's interesting in that he's very melee-based. He is a, an assault character, so he's built for you know jumping in, dealing lots of damage, and then hopefully being able to jump out. Uh, but the interesting thing is that he is very melee, so he gets in there and actually starts pounding things, which makes sense because he's got this giant robotic fist. Uh, but his abilities actually give him a shield, so it hopefully will allow him to be able to get in there, do some damage, and survive enough to get out. Um, his main attack is this big power fist where he lunges forward and punches, and it's chargeable. Uh, It's got some pretty good range on it as well um, and it does extra damage if you knock them into a wall. But the cool thing about it is it actually goes through Tank's shield. So if you have a a group that's sitting behind their tank and he's, uh, you know, it's like a Reinhardt who has a shield up, uh, his rocket punch will actually go through that shield so it'll knock the tank out of the way and leave all those people uncovered. So it's a a very interesting kind of character. It's a lot of fun but he's obviously one that needs uh, some skill to be able to get get good with because you can get trounce pretty quickly if you're not doing it right so yeah those were were all a lot of fun we also um i got to see they released the trailer for the movie ready player one not a game yeah. but we did re- the review for the uh, book back in episode six is that what we figured out it was six. yeah i think we sent six yes. episode six so if you're interested in checking that out it was a really awesome book it's it's very based in kind of nerdy video game culture so we did a review of it because we felt it fit uh, and they are uh, making a movie. Steven Spielberg is directing it. So how bad can it be? Uh, Simon Pegg is going to be in it. And then a bunch of unknown actors. But the, the uh, trailer looks amazing. It looks like they're going to be changing a lot of things, adding in new things. But all of it I'm actually very excited about. <laughs> so uh, I'm, we are all looking really forward to seeing what that has in store. But uh, that's, that's pretty much all for me. We also do have the Destiny 2 beta that we all got to try out, which we'll get to talk about a little bit later. Uh, but Chris, what about you? What have you been up to? I have been. What have I done? So, I
2: um was able to wrap up my playthrough of the Dark Souls two DLC. I think the last time Jared and I checked in, I was about halfway through the three different bits of content. And uh, I, what I said before stands. They're really good and they're really really hard. Um, I had to give up on a couple optional bosses because I just could not see any way forward with them. Like they're just so unbelievably tricky, but uh, was able to complete the, the, the runs with the the main characters. Um, I have to say uh, that the final of the, I, I played them in the order that they were released, even though they're all part of the sort of quote unquote main game. If you buy the PS4 or Xbox one version, um, the uh, crown of the ivory King is the name of the final one that was released. And it's this really cool sort of uh, if we're talking in video game terms, it's a snow level. Um, and, uh, but it has some cool implications about how the terrain uh, changes and deforms uh, depending on whether there's storm going on or a blizzard or not. And um, some crazy, crazy boss fight stuff. Jared, do you think you'll get around to it? Cause if you're not sure, I want to spoil the heck out of like the coolest thing ever, but I don't want to spoil it. If you think you might still get to, uh, you know, go, go ahead. So it, it won't wreck it if you get a chance to go for it. So I just want to call this out as, like, one of the coolest things I've seen any of these games do. Um, the final boss uh, in the Ivory King uh, DLC is the Ivory King, this guy you've been looking for. The, the whole concept is there's a woman who's sort of walking you through how this palace that you're making your way through and fighting all these sort of frozen, crystallized enemies is sitting on top of this sort of... Um, chaos region that's been uh where this king has sort of uh gone mad who used to be a great king and it's all kind of fallen into disrepair as everything does in dark souls because there's no <laughs> happy endings for anybody um and uh but there's this really weird uh sort of bit of thing that i don't think they do anywhere else in any of the other games whereas you're making your way through the level you can discover these sort of little hidden chambers where there are these knights that are sitting at these um Little thrones, just little chairs, basically. Um, and that you're, you look at them and they're like, are they a corpse? Are they an enemy? Are they an NPC? Um, and if you approach them, they'll sort of just stand up out of their chair, take a knee and sort of bow to you and disappear. So you don't fight them. You don't talk to them what ends up happening is when you get to the sort of quote unquote end of the DLC and you're ready to take on this final boss, you have to go through a portal to get to him. And uh, depending on how many of these knights you've collected, um, they'll show up right before you enter this portal. So I think there's one that's there on his own and then you can collect another three for a total of four. Um, Right outside the boss room, there's also two different summon signs for NPC characters that can come fight with you and then there's any number of different human players that might want to summon you. You can pull all these guys into your game so that when you decide to go to the final boss run, you can be in a party of, like, nine that are going (laughs) to take on the boss, and you know how crazy things can get when there's two or three of you. Um, You end up on this sort of floating stone outcropping in the middle of a lake of lava. It's like the end of... Star Wars episode three or something. And um, these uh, portals are opening all over the place and these like sort of burned, corrupted knights are coming out and you're like big old gang of soldiers starts fighting these guys. And it's just completely nuts because there's like nine people on your side and there's like nine or ten soldiers on their side and you're trying to keep track of everything somehow there's no slowdown the frame rate stays up so it's just this total chaotic battle and then somewhere in the midst of all that these like giant mastodon tusks come out of the ground to open a massive portal and this like lake of fire spits out like this like heavy metal red carpet and the boss comes out with, like, screaming guitars. It's, like, the most heavy metal moment I've ever seen of any game. It's (laughs) unbelievably cool. So you've got, like, all these scrubs, and you've got the main boss, and you've got your little army, and um, the function of the knights that you can call in that aren't NPCs is that um, every 30 seconds or so as they're fighting, one of them will go over and sacrifice themselves to seal off one of those portals. So the more knights you have, the more portals you can seal, which means the fewer non boss enemies you have to tackle at the same time at the end of it. And, um, I, I only had to go through the run twice. I think we beat him on my second shot, but, um, I think by the end of it, there's so much chaos and so much crazy stuff. Cause all of them have different, you know, area of effect weapons and different elemental abilities. It's just this one-on-one fight between me and the the burned ivory King. And, oh man, it was awesome. So like just such a such coop super super cool boss fight. So um, so at this point with that little challenge I have for myself, I just have the Artorias to the abyss DLC for the original dark souls left to go. So I'll get to that before the end of the year. And then, um, just last night I wrapped up my playthrough of horizon zero dawn and yeah, Jared, you were right. That's a real good video game. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, uh, I, you know, I don't really have too terribly much to add. Um, I think I approached the game very similar to you did. I, I played the majority of it on hard difficulty. Uh, ended up switching that around in a couple different places, but um, even as I knocked the difficulty down in a couple spots, I didn't really change my tactics and my strategies. And you know, you can very well make your way through that game just with your little normal bow and different elemental arrows. You, you can do that. But when you really start mixing it up with the traps and the little the uh, you know area things you can set up and the ropes to tie down the enemies, that it's It's really satisfying. Um, I think this is the first game I've played since the Souls games where I've been really happy about the way combat feels um, Mm -hmm. because those games have sort of spoiled me for that. (laughs) But um, super cool. I did want to ask you, though, did you end up finding um, the, like, crazy, cool, special hologram armor towards the end of the game? Yep. Okay, cool. Because I was going to ask you (laughs) if you hadn't found that how you possibly beat the game.
0: (laughs) Oh, I beat it without that armor, but then I got
2: it later. That Um, that final sort of big stretch is rough.
0: Yeah, that last boss fight is real baller. Like it's a lot of running and hiding and picking your pot shots, but um, uh, and almost ran out of ammo. Yeah, it was really, really good. But yeah, and then that armor um, makes you like nigh invincible essentially.
2: yeah, yeah it's it, the shield it gives you is just just silly like it's it's just ridiculous, but yeah. I mean just uh, you know I I can't it's unfortunate I did, I, did, I didn't play Uncharted four, so I, I can't compare it to that, but um you know, just this sort of technical ramp up of what the games are doing on these new systems, like oh God, that game is so pretty and um and I think it finally I think I have my first character i I mentioned when Mike and I did the episode. Um, where we talked about The Order 1886, a game that nobody thought we would ever mention again, um, that uh, that had what I considered up to that point to be the best animated like fake human I've ever seen in any media of, of this uh, Indian woman who's kind of parties up with you at one point. I feel like a few of the characters in this game might have outdone that. Um, your character looks really good. There was a couple little lip sync issues uh, that I noticed every now and again in the game. But... Um, there's sort of these uh, you know these old sort of religious women who you you interact with throughout the game and, and sort of the main one of those who sort of shepherds you through your quest in a lot of places just the the quality, of the animation on that character in particular, every time she was on the screen, I would sort of like my jaw would drop. It's just so unbelievably impressive and it makes me so mad to think of <laughs> what I dealt with with Mass Effect. <laughs> earlier in the year to know that this one studio that doesn't have a ton of different kinds of games under their belt, you know, had this tech that made things look this way versus the stuff that BioWare did with Frostbite, which is just, I mean, it didn't ruin the game for me by any means, but oh, man, this game is good. I continue to say that this is just uh, picking a game of the year for me is going to be very difficult now. Zelda, I think, held a pretty good margin on everything else I've played, but oh, that game, Horizon. It's good. Mike, you got to play this game.
1: <laughs> some point in time, game. I'm sure I'll get to it. <laughs> so, uh,
2: yeah, fantastic. That's mainly what I've been up to. And then I um, I worked a, a couple, a couple uh, other little bits of witchcraft. Earlier in the year, I talked about how I was able to find some stupid deal on headphones in Resident Evil 7, which I then returned and was able to get Neo. Uh, I did something similar. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed there was this uh, thing called Amazon Prime Day a couple yeah. weeks back. Yeah, I was keeping my eye on that. I didn't really see anything I was too excited about, but I somehow ended up with like a $9 copy of Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 Remix for uh, PS4 because it was like like 8 or $9. Um, I, uh, th- this is a pro tip for anybody who wants to get games cheap. This is a used gamer thing. Um, I was able to take that back to Target and say, oh, I already had this and my wife bought it for me. So they gave me a credit that I used to pick up Splatoon 2. So I have an unopened copy of Splatoon 2 that I'm eager to get to for a couple business trips that I have this week. So that this uh this month. So that'll be uh my next big game I dive into, but uh Horizon will be for Mike coming up. But Mike, what have you been playing? Or not Mike Jared. Jared, what have you been playing? Yes, I already played Horizon.
0: It was awesome. Um, I've been playing a bunch of stuff. Uh, What I will be reviewing tonight is I did get through Final Fantasy XV episode Prompto. Um, So I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I did also try out Doomfist on Overwatch. Um, He's interesting. I think he has the potential to be a game changer, but he's going to be a really hard character to play, uh, particularly because he runs out of the ability to attack really quickly. You know, a lot of the characters there... um, they're kind of base attack. You know, some of them can spam endlessly that attack. And most of them can attack a lot. He can only attack 4 times before it has to recharge. So
1: Yeah, cuz his, so his, his gun, gun weapon is, it doesn't out. really have a reload. It, it reloads automatically. But I, yeah, I think like that's so, that is meant to be used kind of as a if if you've run out of everything else, like you're really supposed to be using more of your abilities. And his uh, his main attack has his main like punching ability, the rocket fist has a cooldown of like four seconds, which I think is the lowest cooldown of any ability in the entire game. So um, yeah. you know, he can get, but his other abilities have longer cooldowns. So you can yeah. find yourself kind of stuck if you use them all up and and didn't really do anything with them.
0: It's just, yeah, it's just the balancing on how to use his powers and when is, you know, like it's it's tricky. So um you know he could probably be a real mega tank buster uh you know especially if you know you see a team's playing like double tanks and they're trying to just push through that way like he can he's gonna have potential to really change some stuff but he's he's gonna be tough it's not one i'm gonna probably find myself using a lot personally but um i always like when they add new characters because it seems like they can really change the games that's always fun um, I did also get into Marvel heroes a little bit more, mostly because they released Nightcrawler, so that happened.
1: He um, was free too, which was awesome.
0: Uh, well, he was free if you have spent money on the game, so I had to spend oh. money on the game. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> the the five dollar pack of just like G. Um, if the oh. it's five, yeah, if you buy the 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 cheapest thing you can buy is a five dollar pack of of uh, credits basically credits yeah and uh, i bought that so i could get nightcrawler it also unlocks like a whole bunch of extra stuff too like a permanent gold boost a permanent exp boost and you get extra eternity splinters every day you log in and if there's you if you're not playing that uh marvel heroes eternity splinters you can unlock just from defeating enemies but that's what you use to unlock new heroes so it speeds yeah. that up quite a bit um it speeds that up quite a bit yeah. to unlock here because you can play any of the heroes up to level 10, but to get them past level 10 you have to unlock them. And uh, it can cost a lot. There are some characters that cost about 200 attorney splinters to unlock. I've seen other ones that go as high as I think 750. So they do drop randomly but not at super high rates. so to have a bunch dropped on you every day you play um, can speed that up. I did also because of that get to a little bit of the the content beyond level 10. And uh, the game does really start to open up a little bit beyond some of those early chapters. Um, it gets a little busier, a little more chaotic. And since a lot of people are playing right now, that's pretty fun that there's so much going on. Uh, I never really had problems with it lagging, too, which is cool because there's a lot of action going on, on the screen. You know, there were times when there was 15, 20 heroes on the screen and three times as many enemies and everyone's just raining havoc down from the sky. Um, So I, you know, I'm going to play that some more definitely and, and, you know, see where that takes me, you know, as I get end game, I can, I can see already, there's a lot of things in place for end game stuff for, you know, level 60 stuff. That's going to be, um where it looks like it'll probably start getting grindy to get those, like, really good, you know, amazing pieces of armor and stuff. But um, I really like that game. That game is super fun. And, you know, if you're you're not interested in having Nightcrawler or anyone specific, it is free. So I I highly recommend that to anyone who's got PS4 right now. And uh, the thing I got to talk about is that they had Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago, um, which was... A bit of a fiasco. They um, they just did not they didn't get the 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 servers uh, not really the servers the wireless in the area kind of ganked for the first couple days. They really needed some kind of those wireless vans, you know, that can boost all the wireless around. So they ended up doing some stuff where they expanded the area in which you could play to spread people out. Um, people who came to Pokemon Go Fest actually all had their ticket money refunded and were given a free. Uh, Lugia, which is one of the legendary Pokemon, they did release the legendary Pokemon. Um, a few of them, uh, they're actually slowly releasing the some of the birds. Uh, so that's going on. Those, so those are level 5 raids now to get legendary Pokemon. Um, so, you know, if you're playing, keep an eye out for that. I think they just released Moltres, uh, which means Articuno went away at least temporarily. It's unclear. Right now they're only releasing Uh, a few of the legendaries for like a two-week window so they might come back they might not i don't know if they made it clear so that was the thing um it seems like people who went to pokemon go fest overall were so excited about the idea of the release of the legendaries that they kind of let go some of the big problems they had but it went a little bit rough um and you know that's really par for the course for them. Things go rough, but their hardcore fans just don't care. Like they're <laughs> they just love this game. So um, that was a thing. Also, <laughs> it, it is that.
1: It's definitely a thing.
0: It's a thing. So um, yeah. So I've been playing a few different uh, a few different kinds of things, but uh, we got to get into reviews now. So uh, Mike, um, besides the spoiler of liking tyranny, tell us tell us more.
1: Okay, so I, I, you know, for the past few episodes that have been on, I, you know, I was talking about my whole classic kind of arc, isometric uh, class-based RPG fetish that I was having right now, and uh, uh, you know, I'd played uh, Pillars of Eternity was the first one that I got through, and I played through that. I never told you guys, but I actually never finished it because um, although I did love the game, as I got to the end, the uh, difficulty kind of ramped up, and the way that they did combat with how a lot of your abilities were like you were very limited on the abilities you had even some were like you you can only use a certain amount per rest and i kind of started to get very frustrated with that and i felt like you didn't really get a whole lot of abilities and because of the fact the ones you had were so limited in how much you could use them i'm kind of one of those i hate using limited stuff like i'm um, like a con- conservationist when it comes out i just hold on to all of it
2: and i won't give it up
1: and um so it really kind of made, uh, you know, combat start to get a little bit boring, especially as you you leveled up. And after playing hours and hours of it, uh, I started to get a little, you know, just basically bored with it. And then as the difficulty ramped up, I just found myself losing and losing interest in it. And I got to pretty much about the end. Like I probably was down to like just going off to, to defeat the final enemy. And also something is the storyline to pillars. Is while well. it was very interesting, it was hard to kind of. Keep track of what was going on and and what exactly my goal was in this. Like there wasn't a very concrete kind of like this is what your hero is trying to do. This is the main, you know, antagonist to you. This is what you're you're trying to combat. It was really hard to kind of grasp all that. So it just didn't really hold my attention. I still thought it was a great game. I thought I had a lot of really cool features, and I would still look forward to the sequel. Um, And I'm sure someday I will go back and probably do another playthrough and hopefully maybe finish it. Maybe it was the character I made just wasn't, you know, enticing enough. I don't know. So we'll see. But anyway, uh, along those same lines, of course, then, you know, I also, in looking for all that stuff, I found out about Tyranny, which is also a game made by Obsidian. Uh, It's along with Paradox, though. And this is an interesting game because, uh, you know, the the storyline of it is is there's this uh, kind of warlord called Kairos, who has taken over pretty much the entire known world, except for this one little peninsula called the Tears, and that's where the story takes place. So Kairos has sent forth his legions in these two armies in to take over the Tears, and it's just not going well. Uh, the two armies aren't really getting along, they're fighting with each other, and you know the uh, locals are giving a lot of problems. So <clears throat> uh, he has these people in his army called Archons, and uh, they are these beings that have the ability to draw forth magic of their own like power and, and do stuff. So, um, uh, you kind of are a, a servant of one of these archons. And that's the interesting thing is you hear this story and you kind of think, Oh, okay, you're some local who is going to combat against the, the, the guy who's trying to come in, but no, you actually work on his side. So <clears throat> you're sent in as uh, an adjudicator to kind of you're. you're kind of role is as you're called a fate binder. so your job is to go in and kind of settle disputes and things like that so your job is to go in and basically kind of whip the two our Ar- other archons that are fighting each other into shape and kind of get them in on the right track so it's really kind of interesting because there's a lot of player choice involved and you really do see a lot of effect in your choices um, when you create a character you actually go through <clears throat> there's a section of character creation called conquest and you can either do the the quick and easy one where it just assigns you stuff Um, because you basically go through the first few years of the invasion and you kind of decide what happened and that will affect you know uh the makeup of the land what people think of you how people respond to you because there's a big dynamic to the game of kind of people's opinion of you uh so there's a whole tab that's full of your reputation with different factions your companions uh even the artifacts you use like as you use them you gain renown with them and they become more powerful so uh, you can gain and lose favor and wrath with them and you can actually gain both you know somebody can like you and hate you all the same that's just kind of it's kind of an interesting dynamic and as you do that you unlock actually special abilities so uh, a lot of it is tied to your choices and and it really can actually change the dynamic of the game because I was after I finished a playthrough and it's a pretty short game. When they designed it, the designer said, you know, like, hey, we have kids, you know, we have lives, we don't have time for these big, huge, long 60, 70 hour hour, you know, RPGs. We wanted something that's very quick and simple. And it's actually a critique of the game, is that it's short. But I actually liked it because there is also a ton of replayability. Because I finished my first playthrough, immediately loaded up a second character and started playing through and did a very different playthrough. And, you know, I've uh, gone into areas that I didn't even see in my first playthrough. You know, I've interacted with characters that weren't there. It's It's been a very, very different experience. So I would say it has an insanely huge replay value. I'm just about done with my second playthrough and I'm just under, like, 30 hours of gameplay. So if you think about that, I mean, I'll probably hit about 30 hours when I'm done, and that's two playthroughs, and that's half of what usually you do with, like, a Mass Effect or something like that. Uh, But it's still, it's a really cool game. The setting is kind of interesting. It's very much like a, it's a Bronze Age kind of setting, so it's very Greek, Egyptian, Babylonian kind of uh, era. Uh, Level-up process is interesting because um, you level up kind of similar to how it was in, in, like, Bethesda games where you level up skills as you use them. Uh, so it's not like killing enemies gives you XP. It's leveling up your abilities gives you XP. And then as you level up, you can add your, to your stats and stuff like that. Uh, but the design is really cool. It looks, it looks amazing. It plays amazing. Uh, it has It's combat. I like it better than pillars because there's more of abilities that just have cooldowns. There are certain abilities that you can only use uh, sparingly, but they're usually your ultimate combo abilities with your other characters of your party. Um, the party members that you get are all very interesting, very diverse. You know, they all play very differently than, you know, even the main character does. There's tons of stuff you can do with the main character, tons of different trees that you can either focus on certain ones or kind of go a little bit in all of them. So it's it's just really cool, it's really fun. The story is really great. It's really easy to follow. The one thing that I will say I would critique it with and a lot of other people critique it with this as well and they usually will blame it on they feel like it was probably rushed at the end because when you get to the end of the game it feels very like all of a sudden it's over and and you're kind of surprised you're like oh okay like it builds up to this big confrontation that you think is going to happen and then it doesn't and so the end does feel very rushed and there's even this one mechanic to the game because there's this one kind of uh pool that you can gain which is called your power so every time you acquire a new artifact or or do some big feat it says oh you've gained this much power and then you use that power to do this big special ability which i won't talk about too much because i don't want to spoil it but it's obvious that that was supposed to be a a major mechanic in the game and yet you really only use it twice and you're kind of forced to use it like it's part of the story so it really feels like this was something that was supposed to be bigger and yet didn't really turn into anything. So it's believed like the game was kind of rushed. So the end of it, they just kind of threw out there. I mean, the ending's still good. You still get some really epic kind of boss battles. Um, but yeah, it's definitely kind of lacking in a way. But the cool thing is is I, I, they have announced that they are going to be working on a sequel. They've even released some, uh, a, a DLC, which is called Tales from the Tears which all it really does is it's a really small DLC. It basically just adds in more uh, random encounters so you can learn more about your companions and stuff. It's kind of more just to kind of, you know, fluff up the story and everything. But uh, overall, it's a really, really great game. I would still highly suggest it. Sure, the ending is a little bit of a letdown, but it's still, by then, you're just having so much fun. It's not really that big of a problem. And also, I just so looked forward to starting a new character that, you know, I wasn't that upset when I was done. So really great game, highly suggested for anybody that's into that kind of uh, gameplay, isometric RPG kind of stuff.
0: sweet. And you put that on PC, right? Yes, yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's only on PC. Uh, I know, uh, you know, they announced that uh, Pillars is coming to console, which is is cool. Um, I don't know whether or not Tyranny would as well, but either way, I already have it on PC, so. Well, cool.
0: Well, that sounds really fun.
1: Yeah, and I would say even if you're worried about the requirements are a little bit higher than something like pillars, but I'm actually below the requirements and it plays absolutely fine to me. I hit one little glitch that you just had to turn off like one thing in the visual settings and then it works perfectly. So now that you've plowed through a couple of these, are there any more on the horizon? (laughs) Uh, yeah actually I was talking to you guys I was looking at uh, there's a game that came out a few years ago it's based off of a tabletop game and they made a bunch of video games to it it even goes back to Super Nintendo called the Shadowrun series Um, so the newest one that came out in 2015 is called Shadowrun Hong Kong and it sounds perfect for me because it's a class based RPG Uh, it involves orcs and elves and all those kind of things but it takes place in kind of a Kind of a futuristic setting. So you still have like firearms and and technology and all that stuff, but along with magic and elves and fairies and stuff. And then on top of that, the combat is XCOM style. So if you've listened to the podcast at all, you know, I really like XCOM. I love RPGs, Mm -hmm. especially class based ones. So why not? (laughs) And it's only 20 bucks. So used gamer style. Woo. Win, win, win. Mm -hmm.
0: That's cool. That's cool. And Shadowrun was (laughs) a pretty cool. Like RPG, I played the you know the in your mind version, the tabletop version. Yeah,
1: and it's it's just a kind of a cool idea. Like I always thought this would be a really cool idea. I even dreamed at one point in time of I should write a book about that because I bet you that would be awesome. And it turns out somebody beat me to it. (laughs) So now
0: now all you can write now is fan fiction. Yeah, can't write a book.
1: Yeah, I couldn't have written one anyway. I don't have the patience for that. And there's all kinds of things in that game, like assassins. Speaking
0: of assassins. Chris, you played Hitman.
2: Oh, that was good. Nice. I like that. That was excellent. <laughs> I did play Hitman, and my new goal in life is to make sure everybody plays Hitman because that game is so good, you guys. I like how we can't, we just spoil all of our own reviews at this point. We just say, like, I oh, had this game had problems, or this is so good. Yeah, no, Hitman is great. So I was kind of keeping like half an ear on the Hitman game that came out last year as it was coming out um, because it seemed to have a really weird sort of Rocky launch. As far as at some point they canceled all the pre-orders that people had for the game. And then they announced that instead of releasing it as a regular game, they were going to release it as episodic content, which didn't make sense for anything other than like a telltale game. So that sort of put a weird taste in people's mouths and then, the people who actually went through and checked it out, seemed to really, really like it. And it is fantastic. I'm um, basically, I just waited until all the content had been released and you could buy all of it as a, um, as a single package. Basically the, the way the game was set up is it was released as six separate DLC packs, uh, which reached $10. So when all was said and done, it was a regular full price game. Um, I got it for half that. So, uh, pretty good deal. Use gamer staff. And, um, yeah, it's super fun. So I'm coming from this from the perspective of having never played a minute of another Hitman game. I mean, I know what Agent 47 looks like, and I know he kills people in creative ways. That's about it. But, um, uh, <laughs> that
1: pretty based much on, it.
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, based on the coverage I heard on Giant Bomb and some other um, sites and some other podcasts, I mean, people were just going nuts about this game. So I had to check it out. And when I actually sat down and spent some time with it, it was super, super enjoyable. Um, there's not a whole heck of a lot to the the gameplay itself. I mean, I think if you've played, you know, Metal Gear, or if you played Splinter Cell or any number of other Hitman games, I mean, you've, you've probably got a gist of kind of, you know, what what the deal is. I mean, you've got uh, any myriad ways you, you can, you know, assassinate people quietly, noisily, violently silently um and you know various levels of reward given to you for doing those different things i mean the the basic thing you need to do in each mission um is to you know you get a target they tell you how you need to take them out and you got to get out of there so it's you know go in take out the target be extracted and you know without an army on your heels (laughs) you know get out of there without people noticing is your ideal and uh man it was super super fun um each level is there's a lot of variety. Um, the very first stage of the game um, is a fashion show in Paris. Really cool. Like uh, the, the tech that they have to sort of populate this world, I think, takes the best of what you see in like the Assassin's Creed games and and, and is right on that same level, uh, where the worlds that you're inhabiting are super bustling. So people all over the place that you have to kind of make your way through crowds. And um, Luckily, from the start, you have sort of Batman detective vision, so at any point, wherever you are, you can kind of just stop for a second and go, "Oh, okay, the targets are generally in that direction." So that that, that feels a little cheesy and it's very very video gamey, but um, but it's also very helpful if you're you're looking to sort of get this. So um, every now and again, as you're walking through the worlds, so you know, you're you're able to interact with a number of different people. You can basically subdue and knock out any NPC in the entire game. Um, the vast majority of them, you can then you know, drag out of the way, steal their clothes. And now you've got a new disguise, which is super helpful because, um, quite often, if you ever do get seen doing something, you shouldn't, if a crime is observed that you're committing, even if it's, you know, knocking into somebody too hard or punching somebody and somebody else sees it, you know, they'll basically call the, the authorities on you, whatever that means, whether it's security guards or police or, you know, mafia or whoever it is. And, um, then getting out of those situations can get quite sticky, but, um, I remember being dressed as a chef at one point and somebody saw me try to throw a cleaver at someone or something and I had to sort of make my way out of there, turn into a janitor's uniform when I found one. Um, and then for the rest of the level, I just kind of sulked around with a mop, like sweeping the floor while everybody's running around going, where is this guy? What's he look like? All he okay, all knows is he's dressed like a chef. Okay, cool. Like, go get the chefs. So that was fun. Like I, I really enjoyed that of them. You know? pursuing the wrong person um the tutorial mission for this game is one of the coolest ones i've ever seen uh you're on a fake cruise ship that's basically made out of like cardboard and plywood so it's just like your mission handlers walking you through like okay this is what it's going to be like for you to be an assassin so it's you know it's this huge party cruise but it's it's fake it's in like a a studio uh which is just a, a neat kind of thing sort of peeling back that layer of like yeah this isn't real you're going to train in a training environment um which i guess isn't that different from like a call of duty but it just kind of looked looked cooler looked a little different but um the thing that i just had a ton of fun with was just the wide variety of different options that the game gives you for how you can take out these various characters i mean sometimes you're looking for specific items that need to be stolen uh quite often you're just looking for uh people to kill and um uh the, the one that just cracked me up to, to demonstrate a little bit of the variety of the game was um, the first time it dropped me into, I think it's the second world, which is in Italy. in Sapienza. It's like this really beautiful, like very expensive sort of um, compound where you're tasked with finding these two scientists and then stealing this you know virus they're working on or something. And um, the very first time it sort of popped me into the world, I sort of Walked around, and I said, oh, hey, there's a big tower over there. I can probably get a pretty good vantage point. There's one guard. All right, I'm going to knock him out, steal his uniform. Cool. All right, now nobody cares. They're not looking at me and just sort of look overlooking the landscape and then put my little Batman vision on. I was like, wait a second. I can see one of my targets, like, way in the distance. And at that point, all I have is this, like, pathetic little, hand revolver that barely has any kind of silencer on it it's like let me just try to take one shot real qu- okay boom yeah they're dead like all the like <laughs> halfway across the level and um which is not the way you're quote unquote supposed to play this because you're supposed to infiltrate the compound and avoid the guards and i just like no i'm gonna shoot you from six miles away and um and it worked but then in my yeah in my efforts to um, then infiltrate the compound so I could hide the body so nobody knew I was there as I was running alongside the building to get to the corpse of my first victim the second victim just walked out of a door right in front of me and kind of went uh and I went Ah, and I broke their neck because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> and then I turned around and the guards <laughs> mowed me down. So I, I was dead. I, I did not because I didn't get extracted. So when, when that happens in the mission, you have to start all over again. Um, you don't pick up from like a checkpoint. You just say, no, you failed your mission. You have to deal with your mission over again. So just because of the way that this game you know, gives you this variety of ways to do things, I then said, okay, I guess I need to sneak into this place. But there's this woman yelling about this guy, how he's going to be late for his first day on the job as the new private chef for one of the bad guys. Hey, I could go up and knock him out, and kill him in his apartment, take his chef outfit. Cool. Now I'm a chef, and oh, I got to go make him his lunch. All right, I'm going to put some rat poison in his spaghetti. Okay, cool. Well, then he eats his lunch. He has to go run away from the rest of the people he's with to throw up over the side of a cliff while I hide in a building behind where he throws up and I see him in the window and just snipe him right through the window pane. And nobody sees me do it. He falls off the clip. Super cool. Um, And then I think I ended up having to like impersonate the other victims, tennis instructor, and she was having an affair with him. And I got to totally like reenact that scene in true lies where I like hid in the dark and pretended to be somebody else. And uh, she came in to like, tell me that like, uh, no, my love, we we can't carry on like this. My husband's gonna find out. And as she like went to pour herself a glass of champagne by the fire, I broke her neck and killed her. So <laughs> it's just so cool. Like same mission, same you know, same thing achieved, but just a number of different ways to go about it. So just super super fun. Like just trying to figure out, okay, what can I get away with? I think I can try this thing. The game will probably let me do this thing. Oh, man, that's super awesome. All right, how can I get close to this person? Oh, they have a yoga instructor. I could do that. How can I get close to this rock star? Oh, I guess I'll pose as his drummer. Like, just really nutty, like I said, super video gamey y stuff. Um, the first season of that game is it's, it's out now. It's over. And um, there was some speculation about whether or not there was going to be any more content because Square Enix shut the studio down. They made it. Um, because they weirdly think that if their games don't sell 19 trillion copies, they're failures, Um, like they did with (laughs) Tomb Raider. But then IO Interactive, that makes the Hitman games, were able to buy themselves out from Square Enix, so they're now an independent studio again, and they now own the Hitman franchise again. So I'm hopeful that they'll keep that series running. Um, The particular reason that I played it when I did, while I have all these other newer games that I'm looking forward to playing, is because... um, there's uh, there were some time time sensitive content that they were releasing on a regular basis for this game called elusive targets um, which I don't know if you guys have heard or read anything about this it's a really cool idea. So the idea is um, they would do this I don't know how often if, if it was on a set schedule or they would just pop up every now and again but you go to log into the game and there would be these announcements that say, hey there's an elusive target and they would tell you in one of your six maps um, you know we've identified this, person who's gonna be hanging around for about 48 hours and it's a, a character that's not in the normal game. They have unique animations, you know, unique behaviors. Um they're sometimes in a sort of different version of the world. So one of the levels is this really busy street market in Marrakesh. And um the elusive target for that, you know, that was in that market was in a nighttime version of it. So the lighting is totally different. The armed guards are in totally different places. So it's like a different version of the same mission. And um The elusive target thing is really cool because you basically get one shot at trying to take this guy out. So when you activate that mission, that's your only chance to do it. Um, So you can keep that mission active for a really long time. But if in the course of trying to, you know, accomplish this assassination, you get caught by the guards or you fall off a building and you die or anything like that, you're done and you don't get to try it again. So that content is locked out forever um which is harsh but um because it was something that was just supposed to be the special little thing that was tacked on above and beyond the regular game i think that became a a really really sort of prestigious thing to be able to get through if you had taken out any of the elusive targets and the reason i started playing this game is because they released what is maybe going to be their last ever elusive target which was this guy who had tattoos all over his face that operated an illegal circus in the undergrounds of Paris or something i forget what it was but um <laughs> yeah i totally and because i play i tried to do that mission before i had even played the game i had no idea what the controls were what the rules were what i could do what i couldn't do and i think the first time i like changed into a different costume The cops are like, what are you up to? And then just gun me down (laughs) immediately. And so now I have this big red X over the content on my dashboard. And it's like, hey, look what you can't play, stupid, because you died. Tough. (laughs) Um, I just checked tonight uh, because I was looking to make sure I knew the names of the cities. And uh, it says elusive target coming soon. So I don't know if that's just a placeholder that they used to use. And it doesn't mean anything or if they're actually going to release more. But was a really cool idea there's little things like that I, I think you can actually put hits out on other players um like you've been able to do in some of the assassin's creed games or even the way invasions work in some of the souls games so there's lots of fun online type stuff but yeah i mean cool game fun fun sandbox to play in um those levels go on sale pretty frequently and i think you can i don't think you have to play them sequentially so if you wanted to just check out Colorado or Japan, you, you you can just buy that content and um any version of those I think is highly highly worth it. I don't know, have you guys played any of the Hitman
1: games? I, I used to be into them a while back, but I got I got bored with them cuz usually when I would do a mission if it became too hard and a lot of times they would, I would I would just pull out two machine guns and just gun everybody down. And just kill <laughs> the target. <laughs> like it was just i knew i could that was the thing is it wasn't like difficult to just go in guns blazing it was actually really easy so it was kind of it was like okay i can take forever and go through and plan my you know really kind of epic kill where nobody spots me or i can just run in and take like five seconds and kill everybody right so a lot of times i just got bored with well, especially if I kept getting killed, if I kept running into dead ends and stuff, uh, if if it was any kind of frustration, I would usually just get tired of it. And, you know, after the, fifth or sixth time getting caught, I would just be like, screw this, pull out the guns, everybody dies. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I I liked about what this game does is
2: because it it will stack you against really, really formidable odds. Like I had to go in and try to assassinate a military general and the, his army had taken over a school and um, just dozens and dozens and dozens of soldiers with soldiers with uh, weapons that were by far better than mine. And um, it, it's sort of Batman, like in it's, you know, if you get into open conflict with a number of enemies, you, you are almost certainly going to die. You, you, you just can't make it out alive that way. So you don't have to stealth your way through everything, but, um, you know, you, you can get into some skirmishes and you can run away if you're not too overwhelmed. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there was always that tension of like, well, if, if I just get into open conflict, there's a great chance I won't make it, which is fun. Cause I was just thinking about how in my playthrough of horizon, I tried really hard when I was clearing out bandit camps or some of the other missions. I, I tried to be as stealthy as I could, but if at any time you know I screwed up, I never went. Oh, oh I got to do that again. I just like you said, went into open combat and then started realizing. Oh wait, I'm actually way stronger than I thought I was. I can just take all these guys out.
1: <laughs> Which um, I, I guess it's good because it sounds like they just increased the difficulty for Hitman, and that's that's probably good because that's I I felt was kind of the thing is is I never really wanted to go through all this stuff and i guess it's not even really increasing the difficulty of the game overall it's just increasing the difficulty of just open combat which kind of makes it more of a rewarding thing and more of an incentive to do the stealthy approach
2: yeah and it's fun i mean there's a lot of little interlocking systems i didn't realize till almost the very end of the game that there was a way to tell whether or not enemies were sort of aware of me or suspicious of me or actively hunting me, um, which would have been really helpful if I'd understood that much earlier in the game. But uh that you know that definitely so I could know, okay, am, even though I'm in disguise, can I just walk past these people or will they recognize that I don't, you know, look like the rest of the chefs or something like that. So it, yeah, there are a, a bunch of little little systems and but I think the game does a really good job in general of sort of you know, metering that out to you in a way that makes sense, and you can kind of, oh, this builds on top of this, builds on top of this. Um, but I think I just got impatient in points and just wanted to keep playing instead of learning. So, which is funny because a lot of the games I spend a lot of time with, like Dark Souls, will punish that behavior heavily. So you'd think I would have learned by now. <laughs> but, but yeah, super super fun, highly highly recommended. Um, but uh, speaking of highly recommended, Jared's favorite game last year was Final Fantasy fifteen. And he played a little bit more of it. That's brand new. I
0: did. So yeah. So episode Prompto came out. Eh, I don't know, a month ago or so. So it's pretty recent. And um, <clears throat> it was uh, in many ways very similar to episode gladiolus. In that, and what was similar is that it's not very long. And you know, once you beat the game, you kind of unlock these like this like time attack version of it, where you can kind of try and time trial it. No, I'm not really very interested in speedrunning stuff. So I didn't do that with either of these, but I did play the entirety of the DLC and I did get through it. And um, I liked it. It also similarly had you uh, stepping off with this one character, of course, this time Prompto, at a period when he got separated from the group and kind of tells you his story, what's going on then. Um, Kind of expands upon the story because in some part you actually do know what happened to Prompto when he's gone, but it really fills that in quite a bit. Um, things that are really different about it. Uh, one thing is that first off, I have to say, game designers stopped doing the way they opened this game, which was the slow trudge through, in this case, insert snow, but it could be anything. That's the stupid slow walk where all I'm doing is just pressing a stick and walking at like a tenth of human speed.
1: Yeah, I that's hate it. Probably my biggest complaint and one of my only complaints against Bioware is lately in a lot of their games, they've been having pretty much since I think Mass Effect three.
2: Three. That's what I was just
1: thinking. Yeah, they have this the slow wounded slow walk. Oh, I hate it scene. And it, it, it comes in different parts of the games, but it's always kinda there, like Mass Effect Three, it was at the end. Dragonese Inquisition, it was near the beginning. And yeah, it's just really frustrating. I get it that you're creating yeah. this kind of but you know what, just make it a cutscene. I'd rather you just, just play it a cutscene. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather oh, just watch it than I am just watching it, but I'm just.
0: Yeah. So, so they did that. So right off the bat, I'm like, well, I'm not happy, but um, <laughs> it quickly gets through that. It quickly gets through that. And then it gets into the the content and um, essentially you're kind of going through to not spoil anything. You're going through this character having like a breakdown, essentially. Um, and it uh, kind of dealing with that. So that's like kind of story-wise what's happened. I don't really want to talk about the story because this is about the story. Uh, gameplay-wise, it is um, almost like a shooter. So uh, essentially, what happens is you you have four slots for weapons. One is a grenade slot, and uh, one is your main pistol slot, which your main pistol shoots slow and doesn't do a lot of damage, but it will never run out of ammo, and then um you'll have one more spot where you can carry uh, a better weapon but it has limited ammo so there's a, a a machine gun there's a rocket launcher and there's a sniper rifle and you can get those by you either find them sometimes standing around or if you can sneak up on an enemy and do a stealth kill on them which you can do most of the enemies. You're not going to be able to do that too, but there's there's a fair number you can, I suppose. Um, you'll steal whatever weapon they have. So there's you know, so if you see like a sniper up in the top of a tower, you know it's always a good idea to try and sneak up the tower and stealth kill them because then now there's no sniper shooting at you and you're at the top of the tower where the sniper rifle works out pretty well. Um, I found the the game mechanics, the shooting mechanics, to be um, pretty responsive pretty good uh for for you know like when i shoot the sniper rifle like the bullet would you know end up like where i thought it should be stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) so that's always good you know because some games they they you know there's like a delay there's like a drift you know they're more realistic and i like that i don't want my games to be realistic i want them to be awesome so um so that, that, that was really good. That felt really good. The other thing, too, is that if you if you would shoot your enemies enough, if you were getting consecutive shots, you'd see them start to kind of glow. And if you press triangle, you'd do this special, like, finisher shot, which was which was kind of cool. We'd, like, slow down for a second, and you'd do, like, a backflip and, like, shoot them in the face. So that was kind of neat. So there's some, you know, the way that you want to fight your enemies, like, there is reason to kind of focus on one at a time sometimes because you could build up that kind of kill shot on them. Um, which was interesting because when you were fighting a lot of guys, you know, there was a lot of, there's a lot of kind of positioning, you know, ammo management things like that. So um, ultimately I did like it. It was, it was fun to go back to that world for a little while, Uh, you know, to see that expansion on the story was kind of cool, I guess, you know, uh, ultimately you knew the end game what was going to happen there because in the mainline story, when he comes back, you know, you know what happened essentially, but um, you know, see that flushed out was cool. So, uh, and and then it just—I mean, it took me less than three hours, you know, pretty short. So I actually sat down and played it in two playthroughs. So um, I liked it. If you liked Final Fantasy Fifteen, you're gonna like the DLC, I think. Uh, continuing, and uh, they did do a teaser for um, uh, who's the last character left. There was Gladialis. For the la- well, there's going to be one more DLC um, with the other character whose name is evading me right now, which is... The so one with glasses who cooks things? Uh, yeah, episode Ignis. Ignis. There we go. <laughs> um, episode <laughs> Ignis, they're going to have now. So they did, a little, they did a little bit of... which. That's At the end of episode Gladiolus, they did a little teaser for episode Prompto. So now at episode Prompto, they're doing a little teaser for episode Ignis. Um, there is no announced DLC after that, so we don't know what they're going to do. Um, they're continuing to do their kind of timed events, too, one every like month or so. I'm not really doing a lot of those because there's really no point to me doing like I don't know because I've unlocked everything in the game essentially, so there's kind of no point to me doing it. But um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was uh, thought it was fun. I just I just enjoy go, enjoy going back to that world. So it's good. And speaking of going back to worlds that we love, we're just gonna keep transitioning these things,
1: guys. Wow, wow. I wow. That's the record that was that three in a row,
0: right? <laughs> Yep. We all we all played/ slash Chris had connectivity issues Destiny 2 beta. So, um, What did you guys think of Destiny 2 beta? Is anyone I know when we went into it, I had already pre-ordered
1: it. Uh, Chris was very questionable and Mike was very questionable. You both were like, uh, we'll see." Yeah. So, yeah, so I uh-huh. I went into it questionable just you know as i talked about in the two episodes ago you know because of my issues from the first game i have to say after playing the beta i was i I was kind of in the middle but after playing the beta i actually started leaning towards no that i was not going to get it and that was simply because after playing the beta i felt like for the most part it looked like more of the same and the the changes that they did make like there were some that were good but it didn't really make that big of a difference and then there were some that i really didn't like i don't like how the new weapon system is where you basically have your you have two primary weapon slots and then the what used to be the heavy weapon is now like this new special weapon slot that includes not only like missile launchers and grenade launchers but it's also like sniper rifles and and shotguns and i know they improved it already but the ammo drop for that was just ridiculous like you just never got any and also like with the powers are now have such a slow cooldown or you know even for just grenades and i you know i think everybody is kind of agreeing remember
0: that was really slow to start though too you can modify the increase of cooldowns with your weapons and armor though so i have a feeling they're no, not going to stand up weapons slot.
1: and armor aren't going to affect it anymore because there isn't it's not like remember how in the original game they had the what the strength discipline and like intellect and mm-hmm. the higher you got on each one affected either like your super or your grenade or whatever they're not going to have that in this one so there is no real way to affect your cooldown except for certain characters have like certain classes have certain abilities that might like uh i think the hunter has like a grenade ability where it, it, reduces the cooldown on like your melee but overall you're not really going to be able to do it and most people agree that they did this to level out pvp um which (laughs) i really thought was stupid because i mean kind of one of the nice things about pvp in destiny was being able to use your your powers it kind of even the playing field for if i'm not really that great at online shooters i can still contribute and still actually be a you know contributing member of the team without just being able to shoot really well and now I feel like they've taken that away. Also, <clears throat> you know, I thought the special weapons and the heavy weapons kind of added a new dynamic to PvP, and now that's gone. It's pretty much just going to be using primary weapons. And but then even that aside, is those changes? While you might say, "Oh, it evens out PvP," it totally almost ruins PvE because you know, like you know, we played the um, the strike which the strike was cool. It's, it's definitely, they they tried to make them more raid-like, which I would say they succeeded, but I would also mm-hmm. say the boss fight was ridiculously hard. We couldn't even beat it. It took me forever to finally get with a group where I, I beat the boss on the strike. And I, I think a lot of it was is not having those special weapons that you could use, like a sniper rifle, where you could shoot right at the boss's head and do tons of damage, or a shotgun where you could use it when you get mobbed by a bunch of ads. Um... And even just not having heavy weapon ammo to be able to shoot rockets or use heavy machine guns. I just felt like I I didn't really like the way they changed that kind of stuff. And I I understand you wanting to even out PvP, but I thought PvP was pretty even to begin with. You know, I felt like everybody had access to the powers. Everybody had access to sniper rifles and shotguns and and missile launchers or whatever. So I, I felt like it was even. So I don't understand why they messed with it. So I have to say, after doing the beta, I was leaning towards no. Uh, but then I saw a video that IGN put out, and I've also heard a lot of people say that this is the kind of stuff that should have been in the beta, because a lot of people complain there wasn't any kind of in the the beta for the first one. You had uh, access to the patrols, like one of the patrol areas, so you got to experience what mm-hmm. the open world was of of Destiny, and they didn't have that in this beta. And from the activities that I got to see that you get to do in the open world, and the, the new stuff that gets added in regularly, like you get these weekly kind of assignments, and the what is it called the adventures, and the there's these little quick missions, and there's big long story missions that just are constantly popping out stuff to kind of keep you playing, keep you playing. Because <laughs> that was one of the great things about Destiny is it kept you playing, and the gameplay was really fun. So when I saw that then it made me lean more towards yes. Also, a bunch of my friends are now saying, including you, of course, are saying that they're going to be getting it. And that was one of the greatest things about Destiny was playing with all my friends. So now I'm leaning a little bit more towards the yes, almost, almost definitely. I wouldn't say definitely, but I'm getting close to that. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like that stuff should have been in the beta, and I think it would have done better because it seems like from what I'm seeing, the majority of people were not that thrilled with the beta. It's not affecting a ton of people whether or not they're going to get it. But, um, I still think they could have put a better foot forward if they would have, you know, allowed you at least some access to some of that kind of stuff. But I, I still don't really like some of the changes, but hopefully, I mean, it's a beta. So hopefully some of these things will be tweaked, just like they're tweaking the the whatever special weapon ammo, whatever you want to call it the purple ammo. They're tweaking that to where it appears more frequently. Uh, so, uh, but I, I don't know what they're changing I think the power cooldown and the weapon sets I think would be a bigger a bigger thing probably than they are willing or able to do right now so I don't know we'll see
0: yeah, but, uh, there may be some there's a lot of new weapon things so I wouldn't be surprised to see if there are some weapons that can modify those cooldowns too even if it's just like you know get it every time you get a headshot kill it resets mm-hmm. your you know special power or something but um you know chris what are you thinking because i know you never quite got into destiny as much as mike and i so i know you had some trouble playing this game but uh do you have any <laughs> in destiny 2 or you think you're just going to pass it up this time
2: yeah you know that i will most likely pass it up i i will agree that that you know that i you know back in 2014 i don't remember where we played that game um I said that was my game of the year and it was less about the game than it was about the sort of weird community and group stuff that sort of formed around it It was, you know, of us trying to figure out what the heck everything was and how it worked because there was no information out or the information didn't make sense or things were changing. So there was (coughs) a... playground aspect of, you know, one of us sending messages saying, I think I figured out what light is. Okay, dude, hear me out. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I like that part of it a lot. Um, yeah, I fell off of the first game a lot quicker than you guys did, you know, played through the complete, you know, first uh, well, the, the game, the, the quote unquote game, I played through that and, you know, continued to run strikes and things like that afterwards to try to upgrade stuff. Uh, I have the Taken King content. I just barely started to scratch the surface of it. So just to be weird, I will probably like start playing all the DLC for the first game. When you guys start playing the second game, <laughs> just so I can, uh, so I can be playing it because I did enjoy it. it. Like you said, it does play, you know, it's the first person shooters are one of my less favorite genres, but that genre contains some of my very favorite games like Bioshock. So I, it's not that they can't be done well or that I have a problem with them fundamentally. Um, the issue for me is I think that, Given the way that I like to play games now, and um, how you know, I'll go through stretches where I really have no time to even touch them, and then I'll, you know, spend seven hours playing one day because I have nothing else to do. It's hard for me to envision being able to sort of play this game the the way that I think is the optimal way to play it, where you're with a group of people relatively relatively consistently. You know, running through the content. I, I, I enjoyed the single player stuff that was in the beta. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I liked most of the strike with you guys. Um, you know what I was able to play before I started getting disconnected constantly. I liked the fact that it seemed to be carrying over some of the aspects of the raids for the first game and putting them in strikes. So I thought that was kind of cool because I think the raid content was some of the best stuff in the first game. They just made it so bloody difficult to access that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know both from a scale perspective and just from a logistical perspective of you know no matchmaking and having to have six people but um yeah i'm curious to see what happens with it i'm sure it will change it will evolve i didn't like the way it quote-unquote felt as much as the first game it felt very floaty and some people have told me there's ways to mitigate that and change that but yeah i don't know i mean i'm in my brain i'm looking ahead to the games i still would like to play by the end of this year many of which are games still from last year or before and i don't know there is a chance that things align and you know i i think the the fervor that led us into you know pre-ordering that first game really didn't kind of get crazy until like the couple days right before when we started finding out like oh wait, if we get it digitally, we can get it on PS4 when we get PS4s, because we're totally going to get PS4s, right guys? And so that 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 was fun, and that that sort of pushed that over the edge, but I'm very curious to see what it does. I mean, they this is their kind of make good on a lot of issues people have with the first game, and it sounds like a lot of stuff is the same, which might be frustrating for some people, but they are tweaking things, so I don't know. I will, even if I'm on the sidelines, I will be eager to hear what you guys have to say about it.
0: Yeah. See, I, I was excited before and I'm, I'm, I'm still excited for it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what it ends up being. Cause again, it was just the, the beta and I, I'm anticipating learning a lot of stuff come launch and beyond that'll potentially be some game changing things in this, you know, like it is uh, going to feel different the way they have the weapon slots kind of set out. But at the same time, you know, some weapons kind of double up. So, you know, yeah, it would be nice to have a sniper rifle in that second slot. But, you know, I kind of never use scout rifles because of that. So I'll probably end up just carrying a pistol and a scout rifle, and then I'll kind of be able to do that a little bit. So, you know, I think there's going to be ways to still kind of customize your character down to, to the way you want them. And, and again, I think through some of the weapons, especially exotics in the last game, had a real tendency to give you the some some real game-changing side effects, you know? Like, one of my favorite pistols was one that if you headshot killed someone, they then exploded and, like, killed everything around them and stuff like that. So um, they're ones that if you can kill enemies, it'll reload your magazine, you know, so you can just fire endlessly at mobs if you can keep killing stuff. So, you know, I think it's going to be one of those (coughs) things where... In very MMO fashion, because we talk about it as a shooter and it is, but, you know, I think it's important to remember that this is also an MMO, right? And in very MMO fashion, this game is probably going to be a lot about that end game content that, oh, I got to just try and get this. I just got to get that galahorn, you know, and then I'm going to, it's going to change my life. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you guys remember the reaction videos of like people getting galahorns for the first time and losing their minds. I hope they bring that Gallhorn. We'll see.
1: Anyway. I just thought it was funny because I, I think I got Gallahorn after playing for like two or three weeks. It was really, really early on and I remember finding it and thinking like, oh, what is, what is oh, this? Oh, what's this? And I had no <laughs> idea what it was the whole time and then finally like I was playing with somebody they were like, you have the Gallarhorn? What? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I got it in like a random, it was like the first exotic I ever got. <laughs> so I like had it equipped just simply because it was the only one I had. I didn't really know like how great it was and then, you know, and then all of a sudden yeah, I heard so, it, I was like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, I have that. I've had it since, like, you know, the first month of game. Yeah, so
0: it's, um, you know, there's a lot of things like that, right, that there's no way you could have known about how cool that was. So I'm hoping for more of that stuff. Additionally, and I, I want to see what you think after you play the DLC, Chris, because they start to expand on some things in the DLC that I like. They started to get better at their, their story writing. And when they start expanding upon... um. You know, the the like the characters that train you, so like Cade, especially Cade, right? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> stuff like those characters are really cool. So I'm hoping to really get some encounters with those characters throughout this game. They have promised a lot of focus on the single player and on the story. And I think if they can really keep to that promise, which I think they, they're capable of doing, but if they if they are genuinely doing that, I think just the gameplay of this game, just through the story mode, is just gonna be phenomenal.
1: You yeah, know, when well, I think it. about
0: the story and the later DLCs, if they can keep going with that level of story and you know all the like really cool cutscenes and the voice acting and stuff, like that stuff was awesome. And then if you pair that with then if they can make good raids and strikes again, like, that's why I got excited enough that I'm like, I'm just doing this. I'm just biting the bullet because i'm I, I think this is gonna be great.
1: Yeah, I I saw an interview with some of the developers and basically they said their goal in making this game was that they are hoping because, you know, they got so much flack for the lack of story and the flat story from the first game. Their goal is to basically they want it to where people are on Twitter sitting there complaining about the amount of story in (laughs) destiny Two. like, gosh, could you just, you know, take it back on the story? Like that's basically was their goal in creating it, which I was like, okay. I was like, I I like that. I like that you're saying it, although we'll see if you can follow through with it. You know, Mm -hmm. and I I did, that was the thing I said is, you know, IGN first released this video that showed all of the stuff that you'd be doing in like the open world sections and how you can unlock new, you unlock new sections. Like it's a lot more about exploration. You know, there's even like these hidden bosses that you'll see this little marker on the wall as you're driving by and you're sparrow and you have to stop and then find a random cave that leads into this big, huge, expansive, new area to fight through all these enemies and this big boss and get this loot um that was the stuff that i think really kind of made me start leaning more towards yes because when i played through the first game the majority of stuff i did the majority of time i spent in that game was doing patrols was doing that open world because usually you had bounties and when you're playing by yourself you know you can't go do a strike or a raid so you just were running around doing this open world stuff well now like they have these whole little missions and story and all this stuff in the just the open world section that you can just do whenever. Like that was what I would have really loved in the first one and I think is going to help out, you know, with you know kind of strengthening the story of it if you can literally get story in whatever you're doing. You know, there's no more of those stupid uh cards that I have to go create an account the on yeah, I can actually yeah. get the story right there playing. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but the one thing that I heard during the video that I just kind of had to shake my head at is they started talking about these uh, new things that you get for these. There are these special events, and if you do them, you get these new platinum engrams that are supposed to be the better version. And I was really hoping after the beta that they had gotten rid of engrams because when you played the beta, <laughs> you just got loot. And then they said that word, and I was like, "Why?" Why are you still doing engrams? <laughs> out of all the things in the first game that you got the most flack for, even probably more than story, even more than content the the thing they got the most flack for were the ngrams. Why are you still doing ngrams? I don't understand what purpose there is. Is it just so that the cartographer, like, ha- or cryptographer, whatever the heck his name was, is it just so he has a place? Like, could you not just arrange that he died during this new invasion <laughs> and just not do him ever again? I don't. I don't get it. I just don't. Why, Bungie? Uh, Why? Why?
0: This is a thing that a lot of people really, really like. So I don't know.
1: But that was like at the end of the video. Like, I was watching this video. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, oh, this is great. Like, oh my gosh, I think I might actually get this. And then they're like, you can get platinum engrams. And I was like, eh, I'm back to being a maybe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's all kinds of memes when that came out. Things about like the Cryptarch being like the secret actual evil boss of the game and like all (laughs) kinds of Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he is the darkness. <laughs> like the darkness isn't coming; it's here. It's been here. He is stealing the Trapper's light. He's stealing everybody's I'm light right. with engrams. I'm attacking the darkness. Uh, oh, oh, you got a purple engram. Oh, well, you get a blue pair of boots. Sorry. Yeah, well, that's problem. Oh, like five pairs of those. Mm, yeah, you can break it down, get a couple of pieces of glimmer that you can. Yeah. Uh, you can't do anything with it because you're totally maxed out. I like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. you can't do anything. But like you really can't see. even hold them because you're at the max glimmer. So they're just going to fizzle. Well,
0: so go sense. buy some ammo packs or something. <laughs> just because.
1: Because you got to make room for more glimmer.
0: <laughs> That's right. So, you know, it's still, there's still some question marks. And, and there was already a little bit of that, how do I play this game thing? Where. Who I, Mike, I think it was you who had the
1: third power. Yes, I love that they added the third power because it adds more uh variety to the characters. I was glad because a lot of the supers are very similar, which was another annoyance that I found with it. But none of us knew how to use the third power. (laughs) No, I even looked it up up in the in the the, yeah, like it said, oh, is crouch. I'm like, okay, so then I looked it up online. Oh, if you hold down crouch, then it triggers the third power. I'm like, why would you not have that on the control (laughs) scheme?
0: Yeah, and uh, and they they didn't explain any of how to do almost anything too in the opening.
1: Yeah, well, and um, there's like alternate attacks with the, the part. like the supers yeah. have like alternate attacks depending on what button you press. Oh, I didn't know that. All of a sudden, I started hitting really? a different button. I'm like, oh, oh, I do something different. Like, <laughs> this would have been nice to know.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that variability works out. But I think the third power is a nice addition.
1: To, no, to I, really I like differentiate. That. I like the third power. I just I don't like the cooldowns.
0: Yeah, the cooldowns too long. Cooldowns too long.
1: Even so for a yeah, grenade, guess... I'm sorry, grenade should not have a huge cooldown. You want to make the supers have longer cooldowns? Okay, fine. But it, although I did find that annoying for like for PVP, it was basically you go a whole match and never get a super. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm not really gonna contribute that much. I can hold my own sometimes in PVP with just shooting, but. If you really want me to be able to contribute, I'm gonna need those powers.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how the PvP works out because dropping that down to four v four, like I don't.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of um, that either.
0: We'll we'll see. I mean, I was never really something I spent nearly as much time doing anyway, and uh, yeah, like you know the... they might just make those maps a lot smaller to make that work better. We'll see. For me, the PVE is really where I'm gonna spend ninety five percent of my time anyway. But. Oh, yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the 4v4, though. I know they used to do that with, like, the big, you know, like, epic PvP stuff. They always cut it down to 4v4, but then the 6v6 was always there for just, like, regular. I
1: I felt like if you want to make it uh, more of a presence, that's fine. You know, make more modes or maps that go along with smaller groups, you know, like Skirmish or whatever, or Salvage. Those things that had those smaller groups, that's totally (laughs) fine. But you know, I loved the big epic control battles. You know, where it was these you know big battles, yeah. everybody's on vehicles and launching, you know, powers and stuff. I loved those. Those were what was fun for me. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll so, see. Who knows? They could always add it in in some later thing. Yeah. So. All right. I so still. So I we'll have see. a question but, for you, but, though, Jared. Since since hmm. you are hundred uh, percent set on getting the game. Mm-hmm. Are you planning on buying the expansion pass, or are you?
0: I just... did.
2: Whoa! Yeah, I just did. I bought all of it. Just don't want to leave any Kool Aid left in that glass. You Just want to drink it all. Here's the thing, and I think I might
0: have mentioned this to you guys. So, but this in the one pill down the...
1: at the bottom. He just, just <laughs> it down.
0: I mean, it wasn't that much more. One of the things with Destiny like One is that much like like MMOs, you know, the content it can really be played for a limited time. Like, Chris, I'm sure you'll have fun going back and playing the DLC now, but... By myself. Yeah, that's going to be hard I'll and not I will jump on and play it with you. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, it's not really the same thing. Like, I feel like this is a game that, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't pre-ordered anything in a really long time. The only reason I ever really pre-order stuff is if, I, if there's a game I feel there's a time-sensitive nature to needing to play it and destiny was that way and i feel like destiny 2 is going to be the same way
1: and it's not it's not that if i get the game like, like I, you I,
0: just you need to play it when it comes out
1: yeah and i agree with that behind after that but i just feel like i want to i'm hesitant to go ahead and pay the money because of how expansions went with the first game so I'm hesitant to go and throw out all this money when, who knows, one of those expansions is uh is like they threw out the two symbols that have to do with them. So one of them was the Osiris symbol, and one of them was the um, Rasputin symbol. So the Osiris symbol, I mean, that could go along with the whole Trials of Osiris, which was very PvP-heavy. So that whole expansion could be based around mostly or maybe even all PvP, which you just said is probably not going to be something you're into, so...
0: It could. They didn't do that before.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like the, the Trials of Osiris was part of the, the Fallen thing.
0: Yeah, so I think they're just going to want to expand on this. What is Osiris? Um, because it, you know, they made this this story thing. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It's just that would surprise me if they did a paid PvP DLC, um, especially with their focus on story this time around. That would really surprise me, but. I guess I'll kick myself if that's the case.
1: Yeah, that's why. I mean, I'm hesitant to buy it straight out just because I don't really know what. Just their track record with DLC is just not enough. It doesn't give me enough confidence to be willing to shell out the money.
0: Up. Mm. Yeah. See, I, 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 uh, I look at it differently. I honestly, you know, the the amount of the, the <laughs> I guess I'm looking at the the what they ended with, not what they started with, more. You know, and their later DLCs were very story-driven, they were larger and more substantial, and they were super fun. So yeah. I'm thinking more along the lines of getting a Taken King, it kind of expansion,
1: yeah. you know, like well, that's what I'm
0: way. expecting, you know? I mean, the one that, you know, the, the last DLC they had was like the Iron King It was some like Iron Banner, and it had nothing to do with Iron Banner. It's like the Iron King. So, you know, Rise it's kind of Iron, expanding yeah. on this, yeah. So, you know, my expectation is that those will still be very story driven, very PVE driven, and that the PVP stuff is just going to probably be more like it was, where they say, oh, Iron Banner's here, or, oh, you, you know, map, it's time for stuff like that. Yeah, because that stuff was always, they just threw some stuff out for free. They're just like, oh, here's some more, you know, there's more PVP stuff. So if they made that change, I guess it's it's plausible that they would do that, but with their. How much they're talking about wanting to focus on story, it would be a little surprising to me. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But that's I just, as I told you, guys, it's like I just, I got in my brain that I just, I'm, good. I want to play this game. I really want to play it. So I
1: now, went for it. Playing through the beta definitely got me kind of jonesing for some destiny you know it almost made me want to go and pick up the first one start playing which is why jared or chris i was saying if you do decide to play through the the expansions i would probably consider jumping on and playing with you just because i mean the gameplay it was it it was just really fun like i think i even said you know when i I, some to some extent felt like i didn't get my money's worth but to some extent i felt like i did because i mean it was just really fun just the basic gameplay was amazingly fun the uh, amount of time I got to spend pay- playing with friends and stuff like that, and even random people, you know, it was all just really fun. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it definitely got me kind of jonesing for that in a way, which is kind of also what's kind of causing me to lean more towards the yes side of getting it, but we'll see.
2: We shall see. You know, I, I thought of another compelling reason why I may not be able to pick it up because I'm realizing now that there's another thing that I may be spending my time with at that same time. You guys, Jared did his Pokemon update. I have an SNES classic update for everybody. Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah, You might thought you were going to say shadow of war. (laughs) Oh yeah. That game too. Oh my God. Too many games this year. So uh, yeah. Quick update for anybody who's uh, following this. Jared and I were kind of joking about it, but I think this is legitimately worth mentioning. Um, the SNES classic on the heels of the debacle of the NES classic last year, where you still can't find that thing unless you win Willy Wonka's golden ticket. Um, they're not manufacturing it anymore. They've said they're going to make a lot more of these things. Uh, the system went up for pre-order through Walmart a while back and tons of people pre-ordered it. And Walmart decided to cancel all the pre-orders and said that it was a glitch and nobody got their money taken out and everybody gets to be sad together. So, um, There's been a lot of speculation of, God, you know, I want this thing, but, like, I don't even like the anxiety of wondering who am I going to have to murder to get one of these things. (laughs) So yesterday, in a very, very non-Nintendo fashion, uh, Nintendo put out a statement via Mm -hmm. their Facebook page. And I quote, we appreciate the incredible anticipation that exists for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, Super NES Classic Edition system. That is the full name, you guys. And can confirm that it will be made available for pre-order by various retailers late this month. A significant amount of additional systems will be shipped to stores for launch day and throughout the balance of the calendar year. So they've confirmed that you will definitely be able to pre-order it. You will be able to pre-order it this year. Um, I saw many people mention that last year the pre-orders for the original system went up on the 15th. Not that that's necessarily what they will do, but just as a little... Heads up and it looks like that if you don't hit that window, there's still a better chance you'll be able to get it, which makes me very happy because I want one of these things very badly, but I also don't want to pay three hundred dollars for one on eBay.
1: How much is it running for? Uh eighty dollars, seventy nine ninety nine. That's not really too bad for what you get five games. No, you get twenty-one games. Oh, Twenty oh, one. Oh
2: geez. And that includes yeah. like eighteen of the best games ever made.
1: <laughs> and they never released Star Fox Two.
2: Star Fox Two. That's, that's right. right.
1: Which yeah, is crap. Maybe a
0: steaming pile. Might be why it was never released? So
2: yeah, but, uh, it's just you know we mentioned this briefly that it is a just absolute monster of a lineup of titles and super 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 super. I mean, there's no reason I couldn't play all these games right now on a PC using various evil methods, but. um but yeah, the I'm... thing
1: is—I don't think I would get it just because I don't have the time to go back and play through all these retro games as much as I would love to. I just—I'll
0: oh, make time the time.
1: I, the little time I do get to play games, like I want to put—I have tons of new stuff that I want to play, you know. And I just—I just. I so just the guy playing
0: all the old isometric RPGs. Right okay, now. they're
1: only like a couple of years old. Like we're talking the <laughs> within the last two, three years max. This is like from my childhood. <laughs> Hey, and, and it's yeah. not like you
2: have another childhood that you have to shape and mold the correct way, Michael. Well, that That's is right. true. You need I to be,
1: be putting these basic games that you can play. play.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you raise a kid that says Final Fantasy VII is better than 6 we're going to have to
1: have a talk. We're, we're, <laughs> I don't think she'll ever get into Final, <laughs> Final Fantasy because I don't play Final Fantasy. So.
2: <laughs> That's what well, kids do like to rebel. So That's okay. It'll I'll be, I'll be all, all Madden all the time. You oh. just play racing games and Madden. <laughs> no,
0: she's like, "Dad, X Cup sucks." <laughs>
1: Think about what you just said. <laughs> <dead.
0: laughs> yeah, I heard some people asking this though, with this the SNES uh mini coming out. So um, I'll, I'll throw this one to you guys. If when you look at the lineup, do, is there any like, what's the first game you want to play? Link to
1: the past. I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> the Zelda.
0: Oh, God, Earthbound for me. I'm dying to play Earthbound again. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember that Earthbound. Game, that game was so quirky and weird. A and weird game. And, like, it had just disappeared. Like, it was unfindable after its, like, initial release on the SNES. Like, there's, you know, like, you know how everything's kind of come back? And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, play Super Mario World on, on like, you know, the... The like we whatever you know downloading stuff like it's just disappeared when i saw that on the list i was like i got really excited
1: no i haven't even seen the full list but link to the past was it's easily in my top 10 if not top five super game game games so it's
0: on there uh you know clearly one of the best rpgs ever like crazy lineup yeah oh yeah i have right now i have a my. I think my Christmas list this year has one thing on it, and it's that. <laughs> and you might actually be able to get it this year. But what else do you
1: want? I don't care. Just find that. I don't want it. <laughs> Give me some socks. I don't care. I think I'm going to ask for gift cards for all the amazing games that are coming out next year. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I need a gift card that I will I will just write the word anthem on it, and I'm just going to sit it aside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be... 2019, so I got time for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. Well, that went off the rails. That's fun. Um, So rails rails are useless. They're not even good for shooters. So... (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) So that was episode 49. Um, As always, you guys... Uh, we want to hear from you, so uh, you know, let us know about any of these games you played, didn't play, want us to play. If you think this, what what's the first game you're going to play on this Nes Mini? If you're going to get one, um, hit us up on certainly Facebook and Twitter. The Use Games uh, on Facebook at the Use Gamers and Twitter. We definitely want to continue to hear from from everybody. Um more and more so uh, all the time if possible. So we're looking forward to that. And um, uh, we are the used gamers to signing off. I'm Jared. I'm Mike and I am Chris. And we'll talk to you guys next time later. Yes,
2: yeah, so you guys ready? Sure, yeah. who, do you, who do you want us to sign off second?
1: And who do you want us to sign off third host? Ah what do you guys want to do? I'd say we just do it like we usually do it and mess it all up. It's entertaining. (laughs) That's our thing. That's uh, that's can we have a different thing than that? Can that not be our thing?